So um, we are here for our second of, uh, I guess, four kind of special one-off episode things for the video game month, not month, video game week that we're doing in the month of May. Um, we're filming it the same day, so no one call out the shirt comment because I've already been called out by Marissa. Um, and today, this will be Tuesday's episode. What we kind of wanted to do as as we talk about this on Tuesdays, we wanted to leave this one a little less focused on a specific game or game series and things like that, and more just talk about uh, different perspectives that people might have in terms of music in video games. Um, so we have we have a guest with us. We have Andy with us. Um, and Andy, we're bringing in for kind of a different perspective in terms of it. So Andy, can you give us a little rundown in terms of you and your experience with video games and music and things like that? So I've been a gamer for pretty much all my life. I mean, I started mostly with N64 and kind of worked my way up from there through most of the Nintendo platforms, getting into the, the PlayStation games to a little bit of Xbox. And now within the past year, I've built my own gaming PC and kind of have transitioned into a lot of that and mostly been playing a lot of the games that you can play on PC or then the ones that are still kind of locked to the Nintendo consoles. And I enjoy them both for, for different reasons. Um, personally, I, I'm an engineer, so I mean, there are engineers that have a lot of experience in music, but uh, other than really listening to it and having a lot of friends who are in music, I don't have a whole lot of experience with singing or playing an instrument or anything like that. I, I played viola in elementary school and into the middle of middle First school, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wanted to be unique and rebellious. I was in one of those kind of stages and I wasn't bad at it. I just, I didn't really have any interest in it. And, and I've said, I, I didn't really develop a specific interest in music or a specific kind of music until I got well into college. And by that point I was so busy with other things. And I also had a, a fairly decent athletic background too, and decided to focus a lot of my time onto that. So in retrospect, I wish I would have gotten more into music, but I definitely have had my fair share through probably hundreds of video game titles and listening to music. And I still go back to some of the soundtracks and listen to them, especially while I'm working just for, something to kind of keep on in the background while I'm trying to focus on something else and not try and actually listen and think about what I'm, I'm listening to. So I think um, in terms of the conversation today, I think one of the things that I'm kind of most curious for is when we kind of started talking about planning for this week, um, I always, and maybe I'm a little, maybe I get a little defensive in terms of it because I think it's the way it used to be, but um, I'm very, I defend heavily the whole idea of like video games as an art form and storytelling medium and things like that. And I defend it almost in a way that I kind of like expect people not to believe it uh, in that case. And I think just by nature of um, my profession also, I, I, pay attention to it from a storytelling standpoint, but then I also like lump in a lot of the music stuff. So I'm very curious to see, um, especially hopefully in trying some examples and things like that. I'm excited to hear kind of like number one, your perspective, Andy, in terms of coming more from the gaming side, but also, I mean, enjoying the music and paying attention enough that you're listening separately. And then on the opposite side of things, Marissa, amounts of experience in terms of video games and stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with you as 
seeing video games as kind of more of an art form and almost I compare them to a lot of literary works in a sense. And I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I rarely will sit down and read a book. And part of it is because I really just have trouble focusing on it. And from a video game for the fact that I'm like interacting with it from a control standpoint and a more physical standpoint as, as well as watching what's going on and reacting to what's going on. At the, and at the same time, focusing on the story and kind of trying to understand what it means and what the authors, if you will, meant in what in the choices they made, kind of, I mean, you know, how they try and analyze literary works in the same fashion. I know a lot of people make the argument that, oh, well, with the video game, everything's put in front of you, like what everything looks like and everything else. It's like, where's the imagination in that? And, and the thing I always say is, I mean, if if you want to talk from an imagination standpoint, I mean, just the imagination I've built on the side, thinking of the things I've even just observed in video games, I say, try me on whether you think my imagination is any different from not reading books and playing video games instead. And I think the, this is, this is a little bit away from the, the music conversation, but I think this is the larger conversation of like the, um, the treating as an art form or doing the different things. But I think there's, there's, I mean, like there's good books and bad books and good movies and bad movies. There's the same can be said about games as well. So there's times where like mm -hmm. you're the purpose of what you're doing is go from point A to point B. And the only reason you're doing it is because you've done it for two hours and you might as well do it for two more and just finish it and be done with it. But I think the, the thing that I think is interesting from a storytelling perspective is um, when you read a book you're like, or watch a movie, you're watching someone already make those decisions. And whether you feel one way or not in it, you're like, it's predetermined. You're watching it and it's done or you're reading it and it's done. Whereas you have to enact it in a game. And there's times where you're going through the motions because it's the way it's set up. But then the moments where like, you're into it and you're doing it because you're invested. My all-time favorite quotes from one of my students is the Jurassic Park one. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, really I don't one. know what it's like to meet a dinosaur, but this is the music I imagine. And like those moments to me, when you're like, when you're doing something in a game and you do, you do something crazy, like you jump off something or you do something and there's music played in the background and you have that like, music doesn't play in the background when I do things in my life, but this is what I would want to play in this moment. That's what I think is so cool. So can yeah. you give us some like examples of that? Um, so I mean, I can, do you want me to start? Do you want Andy to start? I, I can think of go? one off the top of my head if, if you, if you go want for one. It. And, and I mean, it, it almost goes hand in hand with, with the one you talk about with seeing a dinosaur for the first time. If, if you play the last of us, there's, there's a scene and are, are we, do I need to do spoiler warnings for video games or anything here? I mean, there's, it's similar to movies. I mean, should I, I mean, we, I don't care, but let's, um, we'll, we can, we'll put a disclaimer or something on it yeah. and we'll just say, we're going to talk about these things. Right. Uh, the last of us, I know there's, there's some different opinions on that game, especially in this current time, but, but there's a scene where you get to a, a dystopian oh. version of Pittsburgh and there are giraffes that have escaped from the local zoo i don't even know if there's actually giraffes in pittsburgh but it's not in pittsburgh when it happens in the it's was there, it okay I, they're I, farther, I might be mistaken there they're farther yeah, west they get to they right. get to some ruined city and there's wild giraffes that are running around the city and they like come up and it's like this real emotional experience of kind of interacting with these wild giraffes in the midst of everything else that's going on in the game and i i mentioned a little bit of uh last of us stuff kind of in prep to this with uh with Marissa, and I won't go too far into that, and because 
content wise, it gets a little wild at different points and things like that. So we won't cover too much sure. of that, but um, from a music perspective, one of the things about that game, and it's a dystopian thing, there's not a lot of happy at any point in that game. And one of the things that's so cool about it is um, it's played, all of the music is done, like when he does percussive stuff, he uses junk metal and things like that. Um, and he'll even okay. bow the junk metal. So you get that weird like warp sound. And when he plays the guitar, it's a detuned guitar. So usually when you're in like a moment of emotion, there's no music. But then as the music comes in, especially, and we won't talk about it, talk about it, but there's a moment uh, at the beginning that's like heavily yeah. emotional. Um, Marissa can even attest to that one. I made her watch yeah, it. Yeah, um, he made um, me watch it and I cried, so. So like, but when the music comes in, it's on a detuned guitar because what it's meant to do is like, you feel uncomfortable in the silence. So it goes, oh, here, we'll do you this favor and we'll play this music and we'll go to this title thing so you're a little comforted, but then it's not tuned and it's not tuned because you never feel easy the entire time. Yeah. And, and that's, that's essentially like the 20 hours of the game is that. Um, so it never feels comfy. It never feels great. It just goes like that the whole time. In what, what I've noticed in a lot of the games I've been playing, especially like, even Zelda games and to a, a, a certain extent, some of even the even cartoonier games than that, some of the Mario's and everything else is most of them aren't happy games. I mean, even, even initially, some of the Zelda games are extremely dark. I mean, Majora's Mask, you look, it's, it's like that one's pretty dark the whole time. Twilight Princess, the more you think about it, it's like, okay, this is like, there aren't a whole lot of happy people, even happy characters that you interact with in this game. But I, I mean, in most cases, the, these games are about some challenge or trying time that's going on, and there's some hero that arises that that fixes things. So, in a sense, I'll, I'll, I, it's interesting. A lot of the games and a lot of the music they are dealing with that, where you're trying to do something where the where the game is not telling a happy story, or there's some sort of tragedy going on, and you're either trying to make the music counteract that or even amplify it yeah and i think that i think that it's it's a basic premise of storytelling in it but then it the the act of doing in it makes it feel very different and that's where like when it becomes your when it becomes your soundtrack and not uh not just kind of like just what's happening in the background to kill time i think that's when it becomes really impressive in different ways so um to moderately you mentioned zelda we talked a little bit about zelda but to like tie it back to something we talked about um on the monday podcast um we talked a little bit about zelda but the difference in zelda and mario was kind of like um and i guess we wouldn't have known this at the time but mario like fit perfectly and it was so iconic because the music served its purpose and did all this stuff but then um and again this is this is with hindsight in mind but when you listen to the zelda music you hear this like you hear what it is and it's just kind of there and it's not a big deal. Um, but we've heard it more fully realized because of where we're at. So Marissa, I don't know how much, cause I know some of your students were going to play it. How yeah. versed are you in Zelda music? Cause you're the, you're going to be the, you're the control group here. You want me to be honest? Um, yeah. No, I mean, my kids were working on it um, in alt strings. So Travis really would be the one to ask. I think they were working on like the, um, the title theme that everyone knows and loves. And I'm not going to lie. I think it sounds like never ending story. 
and Which that's my connection too. to it. <laughs> but it's like a massive, it's a massive fantasy thing. So the example we were kind of talking about was the whole idea of the music worked for what it was at the time, but it wasn't, it just like wasn't realized, I guess, in that way. So this is, uh, this is at least a cut of it. This is the original that it was. If you need me to turn it down or turn it up, let me know, Maris. So for comparison's sake and to tie it back in terms of Monday, your three sounds, if you listen, I told you there's that clip sound that sounds like a hi-hat or like a snare drum. Yeah. That's that like sizzle kind of sound. You have your bass sound that changes with chords and then you have your melody and that's really all you would have. So Sounds this just like never ending story. It does. Exactly. That's what I've never seen never ending story. So I haven't um, sent it so to I you. Um, so like the whole idea is like it's meant to be in this moment, you're like it's it's when you're exploring the world. It's like it's called the Hyrule Field theme. And it's like this big, massive thing, but that's the music that plays for it. And it's it's top down, you're like moving this little person around doing these things. Now, this is the same kind of moment. It's it's in the middle of a recording, so it might not start at the right time, but this is a, I was corrected, it's a 2011, uh, 25th anniversary recording, um, and this is the full orchestra um, presentation of that same song. And again, this, this might be feeling like it's overstating it, but like two to paint the picture in terms of what happened, like you're riding a horse in like a wide open field and it's literally, you can go anywhere you want, however you want, whenever you want. And that to me, like I, I could hear like a, I could hear a, an orchestra do Mario like that, but I don't need to. But that to me seems like such an infinitely better representation of what well, I'm doing. This is like, I said, this is more like the, maybe the researcher researcher brain but like was it meant uh, was it meant to be a symphony or was um, it did it i'm just curious to know like is there a statement anywhere that the composer said like th this is what i thought it would be but i had to do the you know three sounds because you know chip tune i i think that to an extent i don't know if exactly for zelda you could say that for sure but i know that um a lot of the, the Final Fantasy compositions they talked about, they had to dial things back and they had to yeah. do certain stuff purely just out of the basis of only having three. So I think in a perfect world, they would have loved more sounds. Um, but I don't necessarily know if when they were making it at the time, they had any idea of what the medium could become or would become. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it was written in such a way. I don't know if initially in that moment it was written in a way to be like, hey, one day this will be something... <laughs> Okay. crazy it'll be special i think the other difference in this though is um there's um the mario thing we talked about it's like little stages and they like it was like here's an idea that loops here's an idea here's an idea this is like a a much larger you spend more time in this area so it's a yeah. little more composed yeah. from from a game perspective was zelda like the first game to really take that melody idea and run with it Beyond, like beyond the beginning stages of Mario. I don't know how much people were really looking at. Like, I don't know if you could, you know, I would, this is me just talking off the top of my head. I would think that the, the theme from Zelda is probably one of the longest standing themes that exists in like that theme exists in that way still to this day, every time they release yeah. new ones. 
it's just slightly different tweaks and arrangements. So I don't know if it was the first one, but it's definitely probably one of the most persistent okay. for sure. So I, yeah. I guess another aspect of some of the Zelda stuff, if, and I just, I mean, I guess I realized in the past, but I just thought of it here now. I mean, if you look at the first major 3D Zelda title, Ocarina of Time, I mean, it's, it's centered around a musical instrument. And the whole time you're collecting songs that are only like, I mean, I think one of them is even only like five notes that you actually play of the song. And then it turns into like a short clip of a song and you warp to the water temple. But uh, I mean, the only reason I know what an ocarina is, is because of what I was doing in that game. Which would be most people, I think, yeah. to an extent. Um, so and Andy's right to give you an idea in terms of this like so um you have songs that create different cues in yeah. terms of things so like um but it causes different things like you can travel somewhere it slows down time it does these different things um but when you play it it would literally map it on a staff right. um and but what loosely. happened is yeah loosely yeah <laughs> and then he would play it as if like he kept going with the song okay but in the background um, it was like a leitmotif idea where like, so there's one called, one of the ones that everyone knows fairly well is the Song of Storms. Okay. And it's, it's three notes that repeats twice, but there's one spot in the, the, the game that it always rains. Like there's something happening. It's like a fantasy thing. It's always raining. And in the background of the music is variations on the Song of Storms because it becomes synonymous with like, when it rains, this song plays. So when you get the song, you can make it rain by playing that song. I think that's such a great transition though to this idea, because we were gonna talk about like technical things with video game music today, to like talk about dynamic and adaptive music and horizontal and vertical music, because that's, I mean, it's basically what you're describing and it's only used really in video games. Is there another medium that, that uses that kind of music? In all honesty, the closest, the closest comparison I can think of is like a stage musical. Like during vamps or something, when something goes wrong and things like, like in terms of having control of the progression of something. Yeah. That would be my, be my best approximation but, of it really. But okay. even then you're not like, you're not prepared necessarily for like, uh, I don't know, half a dozen or maybe even more different potential transitions right. between music and what's going on. I, I think with some of the games now they have, uh, I mean, they have more than a dozen ways of transitioning between two, two themes that are playing. And the level of the level of codes and or like coding that'll go into it is wild because it'll be like, if this kind of person shows up and you play this or you do this and I'm, I, we might talk about it a little bit tomorrow with um, Luke and Travis, but there's like in, uh, in Halo, they draw lines in the map basically. And like the music will play a theme. And if you don't move on, either you're exploring or literally you would just try and break it and you would just stand somewhere. It'll vamp. It'll have like eight bars of vamp. So it feels natural. And the moment you're, you like cross this line and you see something, the next theme starts. Um, so people would literally try and break it. Like there's this really cool behind the scenes where it shows a guy going like this, like up to the line and backing away and it never happens and it never happened. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's give everyone kind of a definition of what we're talking about here. Um, so because I don't know anything about video games, I've, I've spent a lot of time like reading about video games lately. So um, dynamic music kind of falls under the umbrella of linear music. 
but um, it's only used in interactive media. Um, however, it's not interactive music, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. The player is giving directions to the to the game, but the game isn't giving it back. It's not two-way communication. So it actually is adaptive music. It's not interactive music. So the the player has the ability to to change the music to suit different conditions, which is what we're talking about when we say dynamic music, right? So then mm -hmm. there's um so we were talking about this in the context of near and Andy was mentioning that there's like over a dozen different ways that things can like if you go see this is where you're gonna lose me here so someone but this in. is what i think is funny because but, this is literally <laughs> the one you could, laughing at me but this is because this is the one you could talk about that you definitely know more than i do in so this is why you're so like so i'm gonna i'm gonna assume your position and like lean back like this and then you do your thing thanks kev okay. know more about this no but i was like watching um someone play part of it on youtube or whatever and they were doing different actions so they would like do it and then they would reset and they would do the same thing again like go through the same battle or whatever but do something different and the music was so different and um they did it 14 different ways and they came up with 14 different um like themes or whatever for whatever it was they were doing so i just thought that was particularly interesting so before we like get into talking about adaptive music like crazy i just wanted to like point out to everyone listening what exactly it was and also it's really impressive that the composers come up with all of those different themes i feel like it, it takes a lot or it says a lot about the composers actually understanding what's going on in the game too to yeah. figure that out it's i mean not only is it like people who play video games appreciating music it's people who appreciate music in a sense yeah. taking the time to appreciate the game too and i also think that um the 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 uniqueness in like video games as an interactive source of entertainment is um and we all do it like we do it at different times like when you watch a movie or something um and you can see where it's a stunt person or you see like a wire or you see something like that um we're just like predisposed to want to find the cracks in something yeah so um like to be like you hold the controller at a certain point and you have like you're gonna try and break it like you want to try and find the moment like you want to find the one spot that you can't run because they didn't plan past that so you can say like oh, i found it or like you want to find the moment where the music stops or something messes up and that's that's you're right and that's what's fascinating about it because they try and make it um they try and make it in such a way that in an X amount of time, you would never see the same thing twice, regardless of if you're, or see or hear the same thing twice. So you don't go, well, this is the same thing that plays every time I do this, or this is the same thing that happens every time I do this, because then that way it like, obviously again, there's good and bad movies and video games and things like that. Every, every person wants you to think it's a good one and be immersed in it. So the moments you lose it, it breaks the immersion and they didn't do their job as well as they should have. Well, have you ever watched video game speed runs? Yeah. People are always going to find ways to break the games and the music 100%. and everything. It's, it's, it's inevitable. I mean, you, you look at how they broke some of the old, like super Nintendo games. And now it's like, they, they break the new games in the same exact ways. And it's, 
as as much as the developers try, you're always going to be able to break it. I, I I believe. I think so too, and I think that the goal, the goal is to try and make it as unbreakable as possible, and especially from obviously, yeah. pe- people are going to find a way. Like they'll find the way and they'll do it, but, um, but like uh, they want to try and dispel it as often as they can, and from a music perspective it's like you're playing a movie depending on what you're playing and again i don't know anything about near but from the perspective of near being this very in-depth long form thing um the less often you can feel that you're playing something in that way the better yeah i definitely agree we also were talking about like the the difference between vertical and horizontal music so the different layering for the different actions that's um, that's vertical because it's like in a moment you have so many options that you could potentially like set off in the video game. But then you also have the horizontal music changes. So as the story progresses, the music changes. So when you go to like a different place, the music is different. And I think Mir does that really wonderfully. I've, I like I haven't played through the game, but I was watching again like all of these different people and all of that kind of stuff, and it was just really fascinating um, to see that. But then. Also, the composer like wrapped in all of these crazy themes that the game creators were wrapping into the game. So the composer took that. So um, what's the one? The Fortress of Lies, right? Is that what I'm thinking of, Andy? The heartbeat one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like there's this one place where the, um, the game is like about becoming human and it has like, what are they called? I mean, there's robots and there's humans, but then there's yeah for i mean for people who don't know what near is it's kind of a niche game at this point it's in this version you play as androids who are defending (laughs) uh, defending humans that have been chased to the moon by aliens that have taken over the earth the aliens use this force of robots to like defend themselves so the whole time you're playing as these androids who like are trying to be as human as possible because they're protecting or supposedly protecting humanity and then there's these these robots that are also trying to mimic humans and go through all of these issues because obviously they don't grow and develop like humans do but and they struggle to understand why they're not experiencing the things that they're finding out about as they scavenge the earth and and see the remnants of humanity so there's there's a lot of existential vibes and questions of what it means to be human and all that kind of stuff so like a super happy subject but um kind (laughs) of but there's this question why it's hard to follow (laughs) oh yeah i mean you could even argue about android versus like robot or machine i think they call them Uh, you can argue that point too but it it's some way of differentiating between the factions. I mean, the, the androids basically look like humans. I mean, Final Fantasy styled humans, but the machines are like these little cylinders with spheres for a head and like two round eyes and like tiny arms that they swing around and they're very crude. So it's, it's like a clear differentiation between the two. Yeah, so the composer like wraps all of this into his music and that is what like, I mean, it's very clear at this point, like I'm not into video games at all, but when I was told about this game and I was looking into it for the podcast, I like got sucked into this whole about the music because the composer did such a good job. So in Fortress of Lies, the whole song is actually set to the tempo of a heartbeat and a heart monitor. 
So it's just like, it's really cool. And like in that place, that's the way it goes. And then um, there's this whole area where like robots are aware that they're robots, um, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, but then there's also like children. So they use a children's choir in that area. And it's just like, and it's all like, I was again, watching someone play it and it's very subtle, but when you point it out, it like perfectly sets the mood for what you're doing and everything. And it's just like, it really is, it was incredible to watch and watch all of these things be picked apart for the music because it's, I can't even imagine the amount of work and detail and understanding that has to go into it just for the music. Like these aren't sound effects. These aren't anything else. It's just background noise essentially for the players. But when you pull it apart, it was incredible. It was really cool. Do you happen to know if it was, was it recorded with a, a like a full orchestra? I, so, I know it had choir, so it's a little different too, but Andy. The only thing I know is in the in the like true credit role of the game, it's actually the development staff that is providing the vocals for the choir. So I, I'd imagine huh. that was recorded. And I, I mean, I would use that as an assumption that they probably at least the vocal parts were recorded as a choir. Because that's an interesting thing about Nier also is a lot of the background music has voice in it not necessarily lyrics but but i mean there's clearly somebody who's who's providing vocals as 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 a main source of of the theme yeah but that was also the other really cool thing i thought about near that if we're going to talk about vocals and lyrics they came up with like a whole different um language for near and all of the music and it was meant to sound like specific languages. So like they specifically try to make it sound like English at some points. They try to make it sound like Japanese at other points. They make it sound like French, Latin, like all of this, but it's not, it's all just gibberish basically. But they do like these full symphonic works in did they, fake languages. Did they like cite reasons for why they chose what they did when they did? Like, was there moments that were cause for it? So um in the reading i did the composer said that he um he grew up in japan but when they were growing up he was always trying to basically mimic western music so a lot of his style sounds like this otherworldly pseudo western music thing so it doesn't really feel like it has a has a home like you know when you listen to copeland it sounds american and when you listen to you know whatever um he like people specifically say it doesn't really sound like it has a home and because they are on this other planet and you're not quite sure what exactly is going on in this dystopian world and near he like purposely didn't want it to have a language he purposely didn't want the music to represent a specific culture or country so yeah that's um it's similar in terms of uh bobby mcferrin right the feeling or the mood that he wants to so that's why i was curious because it's um I love the way Bob McFerrin does it. I mean, yeah. he has a song, uh, the Circle Song song, uh, Baby. Yeah. He literally is like making like goo goo gaga noises. Yeah. And he's <laughs> an entire song. It's wild. Yeah. But no, the composer did specifically um, state that for, for this game. And I had another thought and it's. So I have, so in terms of this, like Andy, I have a question for you in terms of, um, because Marissa looked at it a little more from like the music perspective first. Um, One of the things I like to compare the two, like Nier and Zelda. Um, Zelda, I think is cool because these songs, because you play them on the ocarina or you do these things, they become inherent like 
the songs of this fictional place you're in are what you play and what you do. So then when you hear them in the wild, for a lack of a better way of saying it, you, um, they like mean something to you. In yeah. near, when you're listening to this stuff, it's meant to set the mood. Like how much, how much is it registering with you as you're doing it versus <sighs> reflecting on it? I mean, it, it, if you're asking like, as I'm playing the, the game, how much am I paying attention to the music? Is that, is that what you're asking? Uh, sure, to an extent. And I know, I mean, I, it happens at different scales, but I'm just wondering yeah. how much of it is occurring to you as you're doing it. I mean, in a certain sense, when I'm like, obviously near there's a combat aspect to it. So when I'm focusing on that or like you're in a boss battle where it's like, you're really paying attention to what's going on. And, and in, in near they, they employ a lot of elements of different styles of video games where in a lot of senses, you're just trying not to get hit. Even the, the hardest difficulty, everything is a, a one hit kill. So it's like, that's, you're looking at everything that's going on and you're not necessarily paying attention to the music. And then there's, there's other, there's other aspects where it's like, okay, there's not much going on. The music actually gets louder and it almost gives you this sense of, okay, I should be kind of admiring what's going on around me and not worrying about looking for enemies or necessarily trying to get through this place as fast as possible. And I think what it boils down to is if you, if that ever like cuts away, like sometimes the audio glitches out or whatever, it's, it, it just feels weird, even though you're not always paying attention to the music. And it, it almost gives me this, feeling that the music to a certain sense is telling me what I should be doing. Um, I mean, you can tie it to most games, especially where you're walking around and an enemy comes up upon you. It's, it's like, okay, the music sped up and it's, it's got this certain tempo to it and, and I'm fighting an enemy. And if it doesn't go away, that means there's still an enemy around that I need to find or I should be battling. Or it's like, if I'm walking in, or like I walk into this open area and there's this giant fountain or building or spaceship or something in front of me, I should be admiring this thing and looking around and not paying attention to what my character's doing or what's actually going on around the character or the same sense. It's like, okay, I've gotten back to the home base and I'm just going to like sell all the items I picked up and like save and play around with, with skills for my character. It's like, it's chill music. Okay. This is relaxed while I, do other like not active things that I need to do. So, so it's, it's, I almost feel like in most senses, the, the music's telling me what I should be doing, or at least giving me a certain direction for what I should be doing. And what I think is interesting about that is, as you were explaining, and again, I haven't played near, so like it, it didn't register as much to me. Or I was curious in terms of what you were hearing, but what I kept hearing was um, the, the moment from last of us that you mentioned the draft moment, because mm -hmm. um it's like so for perspective it's probably like 85 percent of the way through the entire game it's like after you've experienced a lot and it doesn't get uh less stressful or better than what i showed marissa in terms of like what happens um and you get there and actually the moment where you walk up you can literally walk up to a railing see the drafts and walk away um so there's this but it'll last and the music will play as long as you stand there yeah. So it was this interesting conversation after where people were like, how long did you look at the giraffes? Because you could, I mean, you could have stayed for how, who knows how long. Yeah. Um, and I think it, you're right. It does a really cool job of like um, demonstrating and dictating what's happening. Um, 
did you ever have and i cut for a second in there so you might have said this um so i apologize if you did but like it's okay and i i totally get and sympathize with the whole like in moments of action when things are happening you get very it gets nerve-wracking and you're paying less attention to music do you ever have those moments where it just clicks for you to go wow this is awesome like those like breakneck wild moments of like it all clicks and the music comes together with the action and all that stuff oh yeah and I mean, there's, there's, there's other games that do it a little bit more simply where it's like, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of or played the game Undertale. Yeah. It, and like for the, like for, a, there's, there aren't very many battles in that game, but like in certain battles, like there's just one song that's playing the whole time and it's like super hyped up the whole time. It's like the whole time, it's awesome with that music playing. And uh, I know there's other games that employ different versions of i think i've learned it to be called extreme music at the time when it just like it it keeps you going and it, it it's it's not the same when you're when you're fighting enemies either like not listening to music or if the music's glitched out and it's just quiet it's like this is kind of weird i don't know if that's because i'm trained to feel that way with watching action movies and everything else or if it comes from the, the video games but uh it's it's definitely a, a much cooler experience with it. I, I can't lie there. But I also think it, it goes even farther to say like what, from a design standpoint, and this is composers wrapped into this, director of the game, like designers, everyone's wrapped into this whole idea of, it really comes down to the question of like, what are they trying to make you experience? Because caring about the characters in a context of an action scene or movie or something like that is totally fine and totally relevant. But then like, being the person that makes things that like in something like last of us is a totally different feeling i think and near probably walks a line in the middle of that but the one i think of in terms of like an action movie one um is i love for like one of my favorite movie series is indiana jones so like to me uncharted is like one of the best game series ever because it's essentially what it would be like playing an indiana jones game if you can yeah. climb everything and there's moments where you're just like you're jumping and you're ducking and you're rolling and you're running from people you're in a car and then you're on a train and the helicopter's chasing you on a train and then you're jumping off the train and it's, you're just like i can't believe i'm doing this right yeah. now and it's so and i i feel less connected to the 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 characters and more interested in the action of it right then but if that's the goal of it if it's to make me feel like once it's over you like take a deep breath and go um the only thing I can think is the kid on the, the big wheel at the end of Incredibles where like the house explodes and he's just like, that was <laughs> oh. <laughs> going for then that's, that's perfect. Kevin, can you do that again? No, I can't. No, no you, cut out, you cut out. Uh, but see, the thing is when they rewatch it, they'll hear it, but you won't have experience. And that's fine. Okay. Uh, um, but you I'm know the kid I'm talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. I have a question. Okay. Do video games use diegetic music? I think that's been explained to me what that means before, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Diegetic music is music that the characters can hear. Um, I don't want to like double dip completely in certain things that we're talking about different days, but um, one of the answers, uh, Final Fantasy X specifically, um, there's like there's a theme that is the theme of that game that you um, 
you you get it's a it's really cool it's 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 a very beautiful song it's mostly a piano uh melody um by the time you get to a point of the game where you learn that it means something in the context of the game because it's like a hymn that people sing are you talking about um, the hymn of the faith or are you talking about the like the piano intro the music? piano like the two zanarkin one yeah yeah, yeah 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 um so like there's this whole so i would say that they don't always hear it all the time but there are elements of like you hear it um so you have a relationship with it and then someone in the game will like perform it and then it gets defined as meaningful um i don't i can't think of anything where like i it applies more to movie music like the example i always give everyone is at the beginning of guardians of the galaxy where you hear him like you hear his music in his headphones but he's also hearing it like that's diegetic music there's moments of it for sure um yeah i can't think of any specific examples where it's really pertinent to what's going on it's something i haven't seen in video games which is why i'm asking so there's there's one this is like not uh it's not an easy to follow example but the one i can think of is um there's a fairly recent game called control and it's basically as if you were playing a like an x-files game oh cool it's really cool and it's interesting so it's like it's it's basically imagine like um you know there's like uh urban myths of like my record player was haunted or it did this or like my toaster would like duplicate bread weird objects have these like supernatural things and then basically imagine it's called the fbc it's the federal bureau of control so it's basically this like men in black-esque group that like collects these things and keeps them so it doesn't ruin the normal world Hmm. um so there's this there's a hotel hallway in the game is this gonna like are we gonna like if you're gonna tell me something about something being haunted i'm gonna no 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 no. it won't don't worry it i'm it was a long way to explain okay you enjoyed the x-files thing so i went farther but so there's a hotel hallway and there's like a weird saying or riddle with it and basically the idea is like there's music like elevator-esque music and um it basically like messes with the person walking through its mind so you walk into like a room and then you walk down it and then another wall opens up and then you're in the same hallway and it's a loop and the way you get out of it is you have to not be hearing the music but so what happens in the game is there's a janitor and he like knows everything about it and he hands you his walkman and your character literally puts the earbuds on and it plays some like wild crazy heavy metal music and you you basically just like charge through this hotel where like it'll like grow like six stories or it'll stretch and like all these things are coming out and attacking you but it's like it looks like um that doctor strange thing where like the world's like stretching but you're doing it while it's playing music that your character's listening to so she doesn't get lost where she's at See, that's why I could never play video games. I'm sitting here, like, my heart is just, like, like, and all you're doing is telling me about it. I would love to watch you try and play some of these. And that's, like, that's where... What, make fun of me? No, but see, (laughs) this is what I find, like, and we talked about the horror things and stuff. That's what I think is so fascinating about it, because from an immersion standpoint, you can watch a movie and be terrified by it, but... I always make the joke of I don't like scary movies. So if I just watch it for the entirety of it, panicked that something bad's about to happen, at the end, I'll take like the first deep breath I've had in two hours, but you won't have scared me because I'll be nervous the whole time. 
Whereas in the game, you get to the moment that something bad's going to happen and it literally won't happen until you make it happen. And it's a terrible thing because you don't want it, but you have to do it. I don't even want to hear about it. So (laughs) it's, it's very, I, it's interesting. It's very cool in terms of the immersion of it. How's your horror video game adventures going, by the way? I stopped (laughs) for now. What were you, what were you getting into? Uh, Resident Evil 2. Okay. I, um. The remake or the original? The remake. I have to play them in very small chunks and during the day. Um, (laughs) like sunny days, like happy sunny days that I can do it that way. And I thought, it was like one night after dinner. I went, you know what? This is stupid. Like I'm an adult. I can handle it. This will be fine. And I went, I'm going to play it. And I'm literally barely into it. And I thought I can do it. And it loaded up. This is not a big, and then I open a door and you're like ankle deep in water and there's like no lights working and they're flickering and you can see like evidence of stuff that has happened in there down the hallway. And I went, yeah. I'm good. I don't want to do this. And I just like turned it off. I made it. I played five minutes in the last like, three months because i'm just i'm scared i'm too scared oh no <laughs> the, the resident evil games never really did it for me from a horror horror standpoint i mean i guess i've been okay with like the zombie kind of theme but when you get into other weirder ones where it's more like supernatural stuff those are the ones that kind of get to me i think we should make marissa experience pt which one's pt it's the hallway. It's the Silent Hills teaser where it's just the same hallway no. that loops, but bad stuff happens over and over again. Oh, yeah. I won't, I won't talk to either of you for months. Um, the one I think is funny that, like, is uh, there's a game called Sekiro, and it's, like, a very – I love – and, I mean, for the Marching Men show this year, we did, like, the Samurai Warrior thing. So I love that whole – I love the culture aspect. I love the honor and that whole thing. Yeah. Um, so this this game is, like, it's set in that – time in that area but it has like supernatural or mystic elements to it and uh the world serpent do you know the whole story of the world uh the world serpent at all it's like a norse mythology thing i think but it's basically a giant snake is all you need to know um and i am handling that so this is the thing um i didn't know (laughs) that this was a thing and i didn't know it would be a thing when it was for me so i dropped like all the way down this cliff I land in this grass and I like check my phone as I do it and I hear this noise and I turn and it's like the whole script and he's like above your head the grass you're in is moving as it's breathing and all you hear is the rattle and there's a little um it's like the I, I don't know what they're called but it's the drum do you know what I'm talking about the the Japanese yeah, yeah. drum yeah. um I know there's a specific name but I don't know it and it happens as he does you it because it's like a snake band. rattle I know um how often does that thing show up in a song though? But um, so it happens and I literally, I'm not, this is embarrassing and I hate to say it, but this is exactly what happened. I was holding the controller in my basement. I looked away and I went, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I, I freaked out. I lost my mind. But now every time I heard that drum in the game, I would go, nope, I don't want to do this. Um, so the music cues in that way, like, I pay way more attention to certain things than I do in games like that for sure because yeah. I'm a wimp. Yeah. Um also side side note, um I don't know, yeah, no one would know this. Andy's in Texas and um Kevin won't go to Texas because quote 
There are snakes there. Snakes live there. There's there's snakes in Pennsylvania. I hate to break it to you. So you're right. Um, and we went on a uh, we went on a little like outdoor excursion adventure to Peace Valley and went on some of the nature trails. My wife and I the other week, and I I made it very clear that the thing that was me staying out there and not staying out there was whether or not snakes were seen on this wow. wall. And were you really not go hiking because of a snake? I you really don't understand. Yeah, I hate them. I can't stand snakes. What what is it about them? Is it I literally don't know. Like I've never even had an experience with it huh. that has scared me, but I I have I have a, a very real and legitimate panic attack when I see them to the point that I freeze. Really? Yeah. The one I always tell my kids when they don't understand it is um when I was a senior in college, or sorry, senior in high school, we went to the, we went to Chicago for band for like our band trip. And we played in the atriums of all of like the aquariums and art museums. And we were at the shed aquarium and we were going through the Amazon or the rainforest exhibit. And my friend said, so we were talking about the different animals we were seeing. And someone said something about snakes. And I said, no, I don't like them. And I said, like, how much do you not like them? And I said, I don't know. I just don't, I can't look at them. I don't like them. I feel like I freeze up. And he goes, <laughs> so would that bother you? And I turned and like, two feet from me was this glass case with a boa constrictor in it and oh, no. i froze to the point it's behind glass everything's fine no one's gonna harry potter it in the gra- glass like none of that um my friends had to take me by the shoulders and drag me out of the exhibit. Oh, gosh. i couldn't move um and that's when i realized that it was way worse than i thought it was <laughs> i am waiting for the day when we travel and like a snake pops up and you're going to leave me with like 300 kids. 100%. I will be. Because you're having so a far. panic attack. It's not even a question. Oh my it's, God. it's a matter of when, not if. I can't, I don't know what it is, but I can't do it. Terrifies me. Wow. This was a really great um, detour in our conversation, but. <laughs> what? I said this was a really great detour in our conversation, but we're going to go back to normal. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, so I guess, well, so in terms of, because um, Andy answered a while ago in terms of how much he pays attention to it and things like that. So I guess as a moderate follow-up to that, but like a flip on it, my question to you, Marissa, would be um, when you read the stuff like that, does it, do you either have like a different appreciation for it or do you have any desire to even like mess with it as a, a medium in a way that you haven't? Or is it just more of like a, well, I didn't know that it's that technical. And then you move on from that. Um, a little bit of both. Like, yeah, I would love to sit down and do it. And part of the reason I don't is because, I mean, like you said, we're just busy all the time. And so when we get home, I don't like, this whole quarantine thing is different because all we do is stare at a screen. But like when I come home, I don't want to watch TV. I don't want to play video games. I want to like, I don't know, do other things. But um. When I was reading about it, yeah, because I, I would love to feel what it's like to interact with that. Um, however, like, I don't ever see myself sitting down and, like, from start to finish playing a game just because I just, I don't know, it doesn't do it for me. But, like, I mean, I also, like, don't own a television. I don't watch, like, certain certain TV shows I watch a lot, but I just, I don't have an interest in that the way other people do. What makes you lose engagement in terms of like a movie or something like, like, I don't, I mean, 
I guess, I guess it's the lack of investment, which maybe that would make me love a video game because you are invested. But I think also I have this very competitive streak in me, which I'm fairly good at controlling now as an adult. But when I was younger, it was so frustrating to me when I couldn't do something. And like, I think that's actually what turned me off from playing when I was younger. Because my siblings, like they would sit there and they would troubleshoot and they would work through it or whatever. And I would just get mad and I'd walk away from it. And it was to the point where it wasn't worth it. So I'd be curious to see what you would do. And Andy, I don't know if you know anything about this game because I actually don't think I know as much as I wish I did. I would love to see what you did with something like Journey. Because um, Journey what is Marissa a very, would do? Yeah. Because um, it's a super self-contained, like it's shorter. Um, and it's much more experiential and much less um, technically oriented. I'd yeah. be curious what you did with that. I've never played it, but I, I I get the sense that it does have some linearity to it. I mean, it's so. I mean, it's less of. I guess it's less of making your own decisions, but still, there's an element of of problem solving. Is the impression I get that it's interesting. It'd be interesting I don't have a see. problem with problem solving, and maybe as an adult, like revisiting this, these games would be a different experience for me. Yeah. But. Um, I don't, I mean, from the, from a music aspect, they're fascinating and I love, but I also love looking at music. Like I love music history class. Cause I love seeing how everything like fits together with the culture and the music and all, like all of that is super fascinating to me, but I also just love reading about it and talking about it in a lecture hall. So like I could just be a boring human. I don't know. No comment. Um, I, I do think that, um, kind of in the same in the same vein as like like indie movies or indie uh like uh indie bands and things like that kind of like off the beaten path groups i do think there's a really cool it's it's not something that's necessarily touted as much for its its music like you're not you're not right. gonna see i mean there have been a few actually where like your hans zimmers and your people have uh composed things for games but it's not like it's not like a movie where like every other day you can go, who's the composer for this? And it's right. like John Williams or yeah. Hans Zimmer. There's one or two that they've been there, but not big ones. Um, and it's very, it's very cool to see what they do and how they manipulate stuff. So I, I enjoy it. It's fascinating. It. Yeah. Honestly, I think you might see more of that though, where the big names are, are going to want to go the video game route. Cause I know there's a lot of actors and voice actors that are like, they're itching to, to even be portrayed as themselves in, in, video games that's becoming more and more popular i mean you, you see i'm trying to think of some of the, the better examples but there was one with like ellen page and willem dafoe where they like they were actually did screen captures and they appeared as an actor in a video game and another one uh, a good horror one if you're looking for it, it's called until dawn and uh hayden penetier and uh rami Mal malik malik yeah, malik is, yeah, Mal are they're in it too as, as and like all of the characters in that are actually real actors some big names that are are portraying the characters so, so more and more you're seeing famous people that want to get involved in video games I, I mean some of the bigger video games have over a half a billion dollar budget i mean how many how many movies have that these days yeah i mean it's um and especially the i think the motion capture aspect of it now is it's what's intriguing to them because it's not it's not sitting in a booth anymore and doing that kind of stuff so it, it attracts that talent in that way so like um 
from like a an imagination perspective that's and maybe this is a good like kind of it's not specifically and solely music related but we initially were talking about the imagination of it and things like that um like the scene from last of us that i showed you marissa it's um yeah that's two actors with like mocap suits like with the the uh the sensors on them and stuff like that doing all of that as they go um so those are like it's human beings that you watch do it and when you see little gestures or little cues and things like that it's all it's all human so i think it's it's something that big names are really going oh there's something there's something here well this also ties back really nicely to the the thing we started with and then kind of quickly got away but is video games as art form right i mean like they're becoming way more impressive like to the point where my dad um has come into the like basement or whatever when my my brother's playing video games and we're like oh what are you watching and david's like it's a video game and my dad's like no it's not like those are real people so i mean obviously things are getting like really realistic for the gamers and i think the addition of like music and all of that other stuff of course is improving right along with it yeah i think we're also at an interesting point with it where and this might this is simplifying movie things a little bit but i think we're at a point now where um there are there are people that know what games are capable of but there's also people that are still surprised that they learn a lesson or that they were taught like something heavy like i i can't i don't want to like ruin like a, a movie or a big movie or something like that but when like you watch a movie that you think you're watching something that's just going to be a a point a to point b and it's fine and then you leave kind of like from it like i don't think people gave credit to games in that way and they're getting tricked more and more that they're learning these things from them which is cool yeah so andy thank you for being our first test subject in more of a uh a a calm casual conversation and less of a full-blown interview yeah thank Um, you for having me i had a lot of fun it was nice to talk video games with someone that oh yeah Marissa knows what the 64 and N64 means though after uh, Monday's podcast. So we're getting her there. Um, I now know that I should be calling it uh, chiptune music too and not necessarily 8-bit. Yeah, you there said you that and then I continued to call it 8-bit music the entire time. It's fine. We can do it. That's what the rest of the world does. Um, so tomorrow on would be well tomorrow's podcast will be wednesday and we're going to have a few student guest members chatting about what they what they are most interested in or kind of ones that have caught their attention and stuff like that so um thank you again andy marissa thank you yep yep (laughs) okay say bye (laughs) say bye Bye. kevin bye kevin